I lost my job. I lost my home. I was hospitalized all at the same time. I would describe myself at that point personally as being totally dysfunctional. But at the same time, although that period of time was a negative time for me, I do believe it, it was a sort of a springboard, a stepping stone for me to get to where I am today. You're listening to Made Here, a podcast about what it means to be an underserved entrepreneur in America and what it takes to turn a small business idea into reality. I'm your host, Stacey Klein. episode is a little different. We're featuring an entrepreneur based in the United Kingdom. Originally from Nigeria, Okuobera overcame physical and financial challenges and eventually started his own venture in the real estate industry. As the founder of Pristos Properties Limited, Oku aims to create an ethical property lettings business that is service-oriented and puts people's interests first. For those of you who may not know, letting simply means a room or building that can be rented, and a letting agent is a facilitator between that landlord and tenant. Oku gained knowledge and resilience from his professional experience in the London property lettings market, as well as a period in his life when he himself faced a housing issue. We'll hear from Oku about his journey as an entrepreneur, why he decided to fill the gaps he saw in the market, and the profound meaning behind the name of his company. Thank you, Oku, for joining. I'm really excited to take a look into your story and your journey. And there's a lot of people still trying to figure this out. And I think that your story is going to be really inspirational. Thank you. So to kick us off here, uh, tell me a little bit about your early life. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Nigeria um, with what I would describe as a fair upbringing. I didn't know any different. Just lived every day as it comes. I did, though, believed that success was only achieved through quality education. I had both primary and secondary school in Nigeria. Uh, I would like to mention this. I also attended a theological college to study about God as I'm a Christian. So that's the long and short of my life growing up. So it sounds like you you had a good life growing up in Nigeria. You went to school there. You didn't know much else. So why did you decide to leave? I always hoped I could do something else. I always felt I would like to be somewhere else. After my high school, I did believe, because I was really passionate about information technology, I did believe the only way I could really expand my knowledge and my skills in IT was to get um, an education. And the only way I could get that was to go somewhere and get that. So that was one of my reasons to move to the UK. I've never been to Nigeria, but I assume that Nigeria and the UK are quite different in culture. Yeah. What was that transition like moving there? Um, it, it was a bit tricky, even at the time, at the beginning when I arrived, it was even just language differences was also a challenge, cultural difference, the food and all of that. 
So it was a tough time for me. But I guess over time, I got to adapt because I was mainly focused on what I stood to gain and not what the challenges were. Then over time, that got easier as the days go by. So did you move to the UK by yourself or did you have family or friends or any support around you? I actually moved to the UK by myself. So I had no family. I didn't come here with friends. I was just by myself. So I just mainly relied on strangers and people I met at the college I went to. And to be fair, I did get a lot of support from the college I enrolled at during the beginning. So that was very helpful. That's great. I mean, I imagine that still would be pretty scary moving to a new country um, and not having anyone you know. So that's that's an incredible journey that you've taken so far. So prior to founding your business, what were you doing? Um, Prior to starting my business, I did a few uh, manual jobs. At some point, I worked at a warehouse, where a fashion warehouse, packing and distributing fashion orders. I also worked at a coffee warehouse doing the same. These were in between jobs, but mainly I worked at um, a real estate agency. I was a, a property lettings agent. I was hugely passionate about the industry, especially when I got that job. So that was what I did. You were passionate about this real estate and this property lettings business. Yes. You obviously saw some sort of gap in that because it inspired you to launch your own, which is an ethical online-based property lettings business. So what were the gaps that you saw with your existing job that made you really think about wanting to start your own business? So the existing job actually contributed to my desire to go independent because I saw a few things that went on in these companies, um, especially the way they dealt with customers, the way they felt about clients. Because in the industry, you have, you have to deal with landlords, you have to deal with tenants, you have to deal with lots of money exchanging hands. And their focus was mainly about making money. So they would say whatever they could to gain business from a landlord and they could manipulate tenants however possible just to gain some more money or to make business, if I should put it that way. So those were the things that I thought were not very kind and fair to their customers, especially when it comes to the tenants. I saw a little, some people get frustrated. I see people a few times, people coming into the office and getting really frustrated and disappointed because of decisions made by managers or supervisors or lettings agents, which I thought were really unfair. And, and some of the costs associated with it, I thought were quite unnecessary. So yeah, this actually made me think this could be done differently. This could be done differently. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I think about renting property or home ownership or any of that, there's definitely this layer of stress that automatically comes because there is so much negativity around that process and that feeling like, you know, that person you're working with doesn't necessarily have your best interests in mind. They absolutely. are looking to make some money off of it. Absolutely. So tell me about 
how you do things differently then to build that trust with your customers and really show them that this is an ethical business. So having been on the other side of the, the picture, I do understand the feelings from landlords and from tenants. Like you said, there is this sense of vulnerability tenants get when they're taking on a new property. You're handing over money to someone, you're about to move into a new place or a strange place, and you feel a bit uncomfortable, you feel vulnerable. You need someone to settle you down and make you feel that you can trust them and support you through that process. So one of the key aspects of my business model is that personal service. Considering people first, putting people's feelings and interests first before business or money. While we maintain the legal aspect and professional aspects of the business, but we try to create this personal, friendly relationship that people can trust us and feel comfortable dealing with us and making sure they can always they know that they can always contact us whenever they could. It's a sort of a creating a friendly environment that makes people feel comfortable and not make people feel ripped off because you can charge people for a certain service and at the end of the day, when they assess the service they've just received, they might just feel like they've just been ripped off. So we, we do it the other way around. We, we do it different. So we make sure people are satisfied. We make sure people are happy before we talk about money. So there's a lot of players in property lettings. Um, There's a lot of different companies doing this work. So how do you compete against them and really get your message out there about what makes you different? It's really a challenge. There is always huge competition out there, but the good thing is there is always a place for a newcomer in the industry. As long as you have a unique selling point, as long as you have um, something different that you offer, you might not be known widely initially, but as time goes on with consistency and with the passion for the service you offer, you will get known at some point. Um, You will get patronized. People will appreciate what you do. I might not have enough funds to do the amount of promotion that the big businesses would do. But the real thing is people like the service. People don't want to spend too much money. And at some point, people will get to know what is best for them. So you're playing the long game in this. You're not looking to turn this around quick, but you're going to build this over the long term to really make sure you get ahead. Absolutely. That's the plan. Playing the long game, building this over a long period of time and naturally growing and progressing and getting people to know you. And through referrals, through word of mouth, through good experiences and good reviews, great customer services, it definitely works. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, the word of mouth and the referral network can sometimes get undermined just with all of the availability of advertising and things these days. But, you know, that's the true way to really get business. And it's something that, you know, I go off of always is referrals on things. And when I bought my first home, it was on a referral. So I think that, yeah, it's definitely needs to be said of just how important that piece is. Yeah, absolutely true. 
So, you know, you've had a great journey. You moved to the UK without knowing anyone. You went to university. You found your passion. You're launching your business. With all of those great milestones, of course, there come challenges. So talk to me about some of the challenges that you faced in your life and in this journey. Um, there were some difficult times. There were some difficult times. The most important one was a couple of years ago when I lost my job. I lost my home. I had an injury. I was hospitalized all at the same time. I would describe myself at that point personally as being totally dysfunctional because I couldn't do what I was doing. I couldn't even do the manual jobs that I did before. I did get some support um, to try to get myself back up. I did get some support from um, a social enterprise organization to try to boost me back up. But at the same time, I, at this point, I do believe, although that period of time was a negative time for me, I do believe it, it was a sort of a springboard, a stepping stone for me to get to where I am today because it gave me this opportunity to go back to the drawing board and think again and analyze what I was doing, what I was passionate about and sort of draw up where I want to head and where I want to focus my energy on. So yeah, that was about the time that I actually got one of my big breaks in the industry. So it sounds like you were, you had all of these horrible things sort of come in this one space, in this one moment of your time, but that actually allowed you to pause and really rethink what you wanted to do. Absolutely. Was there, you know, something you were telling yourself during this time to keep your spirits up and just really be resilient in this rather than letting all of these things sort of crash down on you? Um, that's a very good question because sometimes when I think about that time, I don't really know where I got this trend from, but I know there is this saying I say all the time, when life puts you down, the next move is going to be up. So when you're down, the best thing you can do for yourself is to get yourself ready because the next move that life has for you is going to be up. So you best be ready to take up those opportunities because they're coming. I totally believe that. So that was at the top of my head all the time. And I was positive somehow. I got that strength to think in those positive lines. Although what I had imagined would happen wasn't what I actually got. Because I was hoping to get a job. I was hoping to get a, a stable job and, and build back my life. But what came up was a little better than what I expected. So when you're down, the only move is you're going to go up. So you best be ready to go up. We see this so often that minority individuals or migrant populations can face discrimination yeah. in all aspects of their life. But entrepreneurship, of course, is not excluded from that. Yeah. What do you think is needed to better support entrepreneurs who may identify as a minority or a migrant? Um, I guess a bit of an enlightenment or education for people or the general public to understand that people are people and that there's no difference. I could have a knowledge of a certain things. It makes me no different from some other person from a different ethnic background. People should just um, 
be educated on treating others based on their merits and not based on their the color of their skin or where they come from. Um, I think in that way, then we will be able to not lose out on potential new businesses, new ventures that could come up and be nurtured and grow to create opportunities for a lot of people to benefit from. So if everyone had the same opportunity, everyone had access to the same support, everyone had access to the same funding, everyone had access to the same support to grow their business and not being stereotyped, then we will see a lot more popping out. We will see a lot more skills and knowledge being put into practice in the business world. So I think enlightenment and education and people accepting people as people would help that a lot. I I couldn't agree with you more. That's something that we are so passionate about and working towards is just leveling the playing field because not everyone can access the same resources and support. But if we're able to level that playing field, the boost that we'll see with individuals and that economic prosperity is just astounding. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely true. So, you know, you grew up in Nigeria. Was entrepreneurship something that you knew about? Did you have entrepreneurs or small business owners in your life where it was something that you thought, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur? Or is that not something that you thought about until later in life? Um, it's, it's definitely something I thought about later in life. I never really thought much of it when I was younger. Although I had people around me that had their businesses, I hadn't really identified an exact role models to look up to, to say that, well, they were uh, doing their businesses, they're doing too well, I would want to be like them. I didn't really have any of those. I, I did believe growing up, um, I would get to the point where I would know more and I would know where to go and how to achieve this sort of life and the sort of business I would like to build for myself. So yeah, the sense and interest and passion for entrepreneurship came to me a lot later in life. Although now the interest and the passion about going into my business is not really about making a good life for myself. It's really focused on making a difference. It's focused on supporting and focus on um, changing um, the norms. That's incredibly powerful that you're approaching life and your business, really focusing on other people than yourself. I think that's something that is not always the case with entrepreneurs and those starting their businesses. Um, They tend to focus on themselves first. So I think your approach to this is really unique and powerful. Thank you. So you talked a little bit about some of the challenges that you face in your life, but could you talk about some of the the hiccups or the bumps that you've had in starting Pristos Properties? Um, starting Pristos Properties, I was uh, first challenges, especially when when it comes to securing financial support to get things that I needed to get in place. I remember searching, making an application for an investment through an investor. It was, it was from an organization. I totally believed I was going to get it, but I didn't. But at the same time, it wasn't such a negative thing because if I had got that money in place, yes, I would have got a lot of things in place. But the 
liabilities and challenges that comes with that is something I would rather not deal with. So I really actually focused on just working within my means and doing what I can when I could. Although that could also be risky because if you begin to put words out there to say, this is what you offer and people come in to want to patronize your business, you need to be ready. You need to have all the tools ready to do the work. If there were anything lacking, um, you sort of look unprofessional. So that was the risk I had to take to um, sort of get to where I am now. But slowly and surely, I'm getting a whole lot of things in place. It's not 100% yet, but I'm still getting there. So it sounds like you have sought out resources to help you in this. And you were in the cohort for the New Roots program, which was a partnership with GoDaddy and Impact Hub Kings Cross. Yes. Could you tell me about how you heard about this program and what was your biggest takeaway from it? Um, I heard this program through a friend that was also in the process of starting a business. And when she explained to me what the program offered, I thought that would totally um, benefit me. Because, like I said, um, I, I had not a lot of resources, so I could do with um, some professional support from experienced uh, business people and other organizations like Impact Hub. So I applied for it. So it was true, a good friend of mine. And one thing I really gained from the program was creating a reputable and a good business presence for myself online. So there was there was several um, workshops and tutorials about creating an online presence, different options available for you, different tools out there to help you with your business. There were so many things that I learned from that program that has really helped me a lot to take my business to the next level. I should have addressed this from the beginning, but... Tell me um, why Pristos Properties? What's the meaning behind that name? Okay, um, Pristos. My name is Oku, and Oku means priest. It's a sort of a religious name. So it's supposed to be priest, a priest, a messenger, a messenger of God. So I had coined out this word Pristo from the name priest many years ago. So I've used it as uh, one of my first email addresses. So when it was time to choose a company name, I just went with that. Um, having tried several other names and at some point I would just get bored of them. But when I stumbled upon Priest, I thought, oh, I've had this for a long time. This sounds suitable. A, a memorable point was when I spoke to a friend of mine about it. I said, what do you think of a company um, called Pristos Properties. And they said, sounds like I've heard of them before. And I thought, okay, no, you've not. I just made it up. And they said, it sounds like a, an existing company because it, 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 the name, the way it rhymes, sounds like other companies as well in the UK. So I thought I went for that. Yeah, it does have that alliteration that makes it feel very established. Yeah. You know, we can't ignore COVID-19 and that just inhibiting our world right now. 
and how COVID has seriously impacted small business. So I'm curious how you're doing through all of this. Are there decisions or things that you've had to make so you can keep servicing customers or keeping your company afloat during this time? Um, COVID has affected almost every business and in a negative way. And I would also mention that um, COVID also affected some companies in a positive way because at some point, if you had the opportunity to to take a break, take some time off, go back to the drawing board, look into what you've been doing and look into what you can do different, how you can make a difference, how you can make some changes, how you can apply some changes to your business to benefit people and also benefit the business, how you can create some new collaboration or form some new strategies. So I believe a lot of people and companies would have taken this opportunity to do just that. Um, it was it was a tough period of time because everything literally stopped. There was no more going about to source new properties. You were unable to go to do any deals because you can't get no new deals anyway. So it, it was a challenging time. But I guess we can only be glad that things are beginning to ease up a little bit and we're getting back to business slowly. Um, of course, complying with the government guidelines of trying to stay apart and protect oneself and others. But yeah, there were negatives and positives. Yeah. So tell me about what's next in this journey. What are you hoping Pristos property becomes and looks like in a year from now, five years, 10 years from now? What next and hoping to just continue to expand to the point that, like I would describe it, to the point that Pristos Properties becomes a household name, a name that you could you could hear people talk about when you're walking on the street, a name that you know if you mention to someone, they'll say, oh, I've heard that. I actually know that company. So, um, yeah, that's the plan. And also to diversify into different aspects of the real estate industry, especially commercial aspects of the real estate industry. So I hope that we could get to the point where we could spread our tentacles and diversify into those routes. So that's the plan. I am Oku Abara, founder of Bristol's Properties Limited. I made my business in London, United Kingdom. While we usually focus on the barriers that entrepreneurs face in the U.S., we know that this isn't just a U.S. issue. And Oku's story shows us that entrepreneurs all around the world need our support. What I love about Oku's story is that he wanted to start his business to provide a service to the community, and he is determined to run his business differently. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This podcast is powered by GoDaddy and made with the help of our producers at Human Group Media.